Hey everybody, how's it going? I just want to take a quick second to thank the sponsor of this episode, uh, and that's Sprout Studio. I wish this service had existed 10 years ago when I started my business. They have all the functionality of a CRM in terms of being able to send client questionnaires, proposals, contracts, uh, but they also provide other services for photographers and videographers, such as gallery delivery, scheduling, email marketing campaigns, bookkeeping, customizable templates, and contracts. It's really all you need to run your studio uh, in one service. It's really fantastic. Check out sproutredo.com slash podcast. Uh, make sure you use this specific link. It really helps them track their investment. <laughs> and, and I want them to know you came from here if uh, if you end up taking advantage. It's sproutredo, S-P-R-O-U-T-R-E-D-O.com slash podcast. Really appreciate their support. And uh, yeah, on to the episode. Sam Wise heard father nathan indeed father mitchell father mitchell man it has been months i think it's been months it has since not we been last months. recorded it's maybe been one month two months let me take a check sam side most recent that's my my really disciplined labeling of episodes sam's february 19th oh good lord <laughs> Wait, February Four months. No, 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 no. Not February nineteenth because Sadie was born February twenty first. We've okay. we've, we've cast right. it since it then. Been, maybe I was using the laptop. I think that's right. Accurate. Yeah, you're right. Okay, correct. but still, so, it's been months. That's like so, the second uh, to last how, one. How is fatherhood? Uh fatherhood is fatherhood's a lot, man. Fatherhood is um, it is a lot. The fact that I'm a, even podcasting right now is kind you're of amazing. Glowing right now, you look like. Are you eating enough? Wait, like I'm <laughs> glowing in a bad way. No, you're actually, you're glowing in a good way. I was going to say, you look fit, like you've lost some weight, but I just want to make sure you're also eating enough. Mm. No, I didn't mean it in a, uh, yeah, like you look sickly or You know what that might be? That might be the headphones, uh, maybe making me slimmer. Uh, You might be noticing the the headphones. I wouldn't blame you if you hadn't had time to eat, only because you have been living with your family for five months now? Four months, yeah. newborn and Abby, and you've also traveled already to California. Yeah. Is that the furthest? Is that the biggest travel trip you've taken uh, with Sadie? Yeah, uh-huh. And she did yeah. great. She was, she was a That's... trooper. And like... And you bought a house. And we bought a house, <laughs> which we are moving into next week. And I'm telling you, dude, like, I have literally been going nonstop doing, a th- like, thing to thing to thing to thing for literally at least, like, two months now. Especially with work picking back up, like, which uh, we'll probably get into... It's hard to figure out the the navigate the oh I've kind of created a new tempo for my life in the last year due to COVID, uh, yeah. but now I've got to work fit work back into that. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's nuts, and ha- adding a baby to that mix is like really really crazy. I think having be having the pregnancy be during COVID was great, but the baby being born like right as COVID's ending is total cr- insanity, man. Like it's like is there's so much stuff to do and I'm like going out the door and like coming back and like editing photos is hilarious now, by the way, which is again, what I, I do want to get into after shoot. Um, yes, uh, uh, this is a perfect segue, yeah, we'll, but continue. We'll, we'll get into it. But uh, after shoot's definitely going to be a major time saver for me because what I realized during the last like major calling experience that I had, which was this past week, I, I did a, a, a non-wedding shoot it was an editorial shoot uh, for like a flower uh, a plant delivery company but it was it ended up being nine hours uh which was 
to- which wow. is actually just photographing still life no humans oh no no no, no it was actually really cool um it mm-hmm. if i have to, if i ever have to do editorial shoots i want them to be exactly like this basically a a, a couple um had won a sweepstakes basically a, a giveaway where a company that sends flower uh, sends like flowers and um greenery um they're called bloomscape uh sent it's a good name. It's, it's a great oh, name. That sounds like the name of an album. Blooms. It's okay. it's great. It's a really record. cool company. They basically just send send plants to people. They basically had this giveaway where they were, they, you know, you send a photo of your porch, and if you win, somebody comes over to your porch. Basically, an influencer comes in to your porch and like styles your porch uh, with like Bloomscape oh. stuff. And so they needed a, a photographer for it, for it. Thankfully, there was no video crew there. So I was completely like on my own to like do whatever I needed to do. But what was cool about the shoot is that it wasn't like they needed like a lot of specific shots. Like we need, you know, them like planning the plants and like posing with the plants and like all these things. Uh, but it was an actual thing that was happening. It wasn't, it wasn't just like purely for style. Uh, so like they were actually building the porch for these people, uh, in terms or, you know, putting the plants on the porch and like moving furniture around and stuff like that, uh, along with this, uh, really cool influencer. Um, it's funny that there's like plant influencers, but there's influencers for everything, I guess. Um, but she was really nice and it ended up being just like an amazing shoot where like just the four of us were just kind of hanging out for nine hours and I ended up doing some actually some cool like couples portraits of them because they had gotten married recently. It was kind of funny. And cool. anyway, all that to say, I came around with 6,700 images at the end of that and it has taken me three days to get through them with um, with a uh, a newborn to, to have around. So it's just funny. Everything just kind of happens in small increments now where I could like you know, sit down for a few hours before I like, I watch a movie in like 15 minute increments, like, and then babies needs to be changed (laughs) or like something, you know, happens or needs a bottle or whatever. It's all good. But after shoot is definitely going to be awesome because I really need (laughs) some like, I need help time. I mean, you're shooting four or six now. And so am I obviously, but even though we've had them uh, since they launched essentially last fall, I mean, I don't think I really got around to shooting more than like one full wedding maybe with the R6 right. and, or maybe more. I, I honestly can't remember, yeah. but now it's like every weekend I'm, I'm shooting, uh, weddings again. And it's, you know, you're busy as well. And what I'm figuring with out with the R6 is just by the nature of the shutter being quieter, mm-hmm. I am just flying. I've even dialed it back to the lowest or the one shot or one frame per second setting. Sure. And I'm still pumping out almost double the frames uh, than I would was previously in my I, yeah i mean i don't know why it just makes it real easy to like snap that shutter i yeah, don't know why. i mean it's it's the shutter even if you're not in silent mode which i admittedly don't use very often it's the shutter is very soft and satisfying and pillowy mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't uh distract it you don't feel like you know if you're in a sensitive situation like a church or a ceremony that taking 10 frames per second or whatever is distracting because right. it's not because nobody else really hears it it's great to have that option but when you're left with double the number of photos to go through it's it's crap and uh, so okay just to preface i don't i know we've talked about after shoot at least in one episode before mm-hmm. but oh and just to wrap your story you mentioned there's influencers for everything i wonder if there's influencers for influencers 
Well, I mean, I think every influencer is an influencer for influencers. That's interesting. Be- but you, do you think that an influencer for influencers is the people that sell like workshops and courses and that's all they do? Do you think those are the, those are the influencers from influencers? Nobody says I'm an influencer, influencer, but do you think once you're in your niche, once and you're in you your niche now, the primary source of your revenue is earning by selling mentorships or, or you know that whole angle and you don't really even do the thing you used to influence you just make money by influencing the people that now influence that i mean yeah i think, I think that that's how what an influencer for an influencer yeah that's how it is. works yeah. because okay. like i mean it, yeah if you think about it if, if anybody wants to become an influencer all they have to do is look at the influencers that are in their niche the problem is to have much influence i feel like you have to have an original tact and like your own sort of organic birthing of an idea or a look or a strategy or whatever well, it is yeah. related to your thing by the very nature of what is going on here i don't think that you can become an influencer by being influenced so much by like one person who you buy like a course from you know maybe if you could take afford to take multiple courses from multiple influencers and then you mix it all together right. sure but most people don't have like that much money to take a bunch of different courses all at once anyway just a random thought there i don't yeah i don't know I, i'm a professional influence influencer i'm going to teach you how to influence and i bet you oh there's you gotta that be has to be a there thing. has to be yeah, a thing. just hearing that like of course somebody has the said influencer that. <laughs> of influencers okay so after shoot uh, my story with Aftershoot, just to recap a little bit, has been really interesting, and it's amazing that uh, how much it has changed in just a year. Um, I'm going to work on a full review of it, and I'm taking a couple different strategies to kind of figure out, like, okay, does this software actually, using artificial intelligence, choose photos better and faster than I would by doing this manually? Am I actually saving time? Or even if it's taking about the same amount of time overall, is my brain less worked do i feel more energized by the time i get to the edit stage of you know finally doing the manual labor of editing i was not a believer even after finding it and getting initially very excited about it i think i was mostly excited about the idea because it just makes sense that something like this would come along and you know an app would do a pretty good job of choosing photos for you uh, but I found this app through stumbling across a Reddit comment. I believe it was in the wedding photographer subreddit. Okay. But this uh, this guy, random user, was like, hey, I'm working on an AI app. And it got like two upvotes and no comments. And I like reached out to him. <laughs> I DM'd him. And I was like, hey, I'd love to take a look and see what, what this is, uh, not knowing anything else. And he, he's just a, a, a programmer. Lives in India. He worked for a couple different tech companies. I don't know what his association with them was, if he was freelance or worked for them salary. I believe he lived in the U.S. for a while when he was working. I can't remember his exact history, but awesome guy. Uh, We ended up generating a, like so at this stage after shoot the app that he had made was an alpha and it basically worked the same way as jpeg mini if you've ever used that it's a standalone third-party app you launch you click and drag a folder of images onto it and it starts to just magically quote call and then give you an output and that output in its early iteration was just saying okay i'm done <laughs> right and then you'd have to resync metadata in your lightroom for it to reflect the colorization uh based on whether something was in focus or not it would like flag something purple if it was blurry or you could customize the color sequence attached to the meaning or it would also start you could use colors or stars to associate like this is a selected photo versus a blurry photo or whatever and uh anyway so the app was very very basic and i ran it a few times and it was 
clear that it would get some stuff right, just right off the bat. Like I could sort by eyes closed colors and most, the vast majority of them would have people with their eyes closed, but I was starting to run into situations where I was like, oh, okay, but their eyes closed, but it was, they were laughing. Both of them were laughing. So they, they looked like their eyes were just closed, but it was also a laugh, which is something I would want yeah, to keep. And I was starting to figure out ways where I was like, well, it's, it's actually starting to, I have to work backwards now and I don't want to potentially miss something. So after developing a relationship, a couple, you know, I don't know, probably a dozen Zoom meetings, um, I kind of just pulled back from trying to test it too much because I was still shooting enough weddings last year and elopements that I didn't, and I was stressed along with everything else yeah. that I didn't have time to like really put in effort other than just like, here's some feedback. Like it didn't work this way. Think about it this way because photographers, sometimes they shoot underexposed. So if it's a really dark photo, it may still be a keeper, like things like this right. that a programmer wouldn't consider in photography. Uh, the eyes closed thing, like, yeah, their eyes are closed, but if it's also combined with a laugh, can you detect if they're laughing and then you know, surface that to the top and turns out they took a lot of that advice and he's grown awesome. the company he's got a couple people working for him and completely overhauled the app so that it's actually more of a photo mechanic experience where it's you have kind of albums uh, a grid of albums for each project that you're working on and uh, they're kind of developing the entire experience with the presumption that you haven't yet imported your images into Lightroom it's the cleanest uh, way to use it uh, if you have it that way but it also has a uh, total ability to like if you're me keep using lightroom for your importing of your photos and like your organization and all that like i like importing all my photos even the ones that i will never deliver yeah, yeah of course like, i just want them yeah you gotta, in, in you gotta have them catalog. imported yeah. yeah a lot of photographers don't do that you know if you use photo mechanic or whatever oh, uh, a lot of people will only call in that app their keepers and then only import what they've called in to Lightroom. And that does keep a, you know, a streamlined Lightroom catalog. Like you don't get the bloat sure. of all those extra images and stuff. But if you practice good, uh, you know, uh, management of your preview rendering, your preview purging and all that stuff, as far as I can tell, you can have well over a quarter million photos in your Lightroom catalog and it should still be running ship shape. So I Absolutely, don't know why yeah. people do that other than they just do. So, uh, after shoot is, is leaning a little bit more in the way that it's set up now and the photo mechanic, like you haven't yet imported your images, but you can still utilize it and sync the metadata results after after shoot does its thing. Uh, so that whatever you already have imported into Lightroom, gets color flagged or colorized to reflect like this is a selected photo this isn't and the last two or three so i ran a full 9000 image wedding through it and then two like 1500 image shoots uh the last collection of the, those that i that i sent through it i've been very 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 happy with the results now um i think also last year i was thinking imagining a scenario where i like it would call well enough that i wouldn't that could just start editing. No, I, I've had to rethink my workflow a bit where okay. it's like, okay, what I do now is I take everything that has been selected by Aftershoot and I do start with that. I sort by green, sure. which is my, you can customize your colors for whatever you want, but I figure green means selected. So I sort by green, then I flag from that selection what I want. So that's great because now I've only got it called that 9,000 plus image wedding down to about 3000 photos, much more manageable. I manually went through that phase or that sub selection. I called with using the flag tool. Sure. I uh, flagged my keepers from the green selection. Then I did a sort by the purple, which in my customization means blurry or eyes closed. Okay. So those are generally 
throwaways, but there's the occasional, like I mentioned, laugh or weird creative photo. Right. Sure. But I can go through that knowing that it is sorted those fairly accurately as like cl- eyes closed or blurry. I can go through those 10 times faster than I would sure. like the, the green selection, which are generally eyes open and potentially good photos. So I do double check that. And then they also implemented what I think is a very smart feature. If it detects a scene that is uh, an idea, a similar enough scene in perspective and lighting and everything, but can't figure out any good photos to keep from it, it will force itself to pick one, at least one from that perspective. So, and that will be included in your, in my case, green labeled selected photos. So one of my fears was I would have a cool creative idea or something would just get completely left out from the selection because it just, didn't recognize sure. it, but it will force itself to pick one from every sort of perspective so that no entire idea gets left out of the mix. So you never feel the urge, at least I haven't felt the urge to view all and just look at right. everything uh, because it'll also sort by what it calls duplicates. Um, and, and so after I've done that pass of the, the blurry purple labels, I've got everything cl- flagged in. Once I start editing my flagged photos from that stage, if I'm in the middle of like an idea and I'm like, oh, I wish I had one or two more perspectives from this, then I'll sort by yellow, which I have labeled as duplicates. And I'll look at the alternate perspectives sure, of just of those that. specific shots that specific shot exactly so this is a a very different way of thinking about editing it's not well it's not that different but it's a slightly different hierarchy of what i prioritize and the way that i kind of go through the collection but at no time am i going through the entire set linearly or in sequential order all in one pass which is very mentally draining it's also mentally daunting to see nine thousand photos i gotta get through and you just start right yeah it's so nice that it breaks it up and I haven't sat down with a timer yet, although I, I feel like I'm going to do that at some point uh, to time the amount of time I spend in front of the computer actually doing the work versus not uh, with Aftershoot and without. And uh, eventually I'll probably do that. But at the end of the day, I still feel like this breakup of the process combined with Aftershoot actually doing a pretty good, accurate read on what should be included and not is saving me time even if it's not saving me literal time it's saving me energy Uh, it's making my brain i relate it to when i was talking to nessa about it our tesla it takes the same amount of time for me to drive from my house to any destination but if that destination uh, i'm able to use autopilot on the highway for the vast majority of the trip i'm mentally arriving much more refreshed sure, and energized because sure. those micro decisions of having to change lanes, speed up, slow down, do your bow. Like even though I'm attentive when driving with autopilot, uh, I'm not really making binary decisions. You know, all these micro like okay. decisions that go into driving. So I guess I have a, a psychological question to ask um, about that, which is like, do you think that not having to make these decisions and having aftershoot really do some of that mental takes take some of that mental load. Do you think that that is going to do anything to your creative process of shooting in the moment where you're like, I guess, I guess what I mean is like calling through photos is in a way training your mind and your eye to, you know, figure out what's a good photo and what isn't. Um, and you take that, however subtle that um 
however subtle that idea is, you take that into your next shoot. You're like, oh, well, you know, the last time I was calling, you know, this didn't work or this did work or whatever. Um, do you think that there's any danger of after shoot kind of like tearing away some of your creative juice? It's a really, really good question. I, you're right. The process of calling does shape your intuitive sense, even if it's passive and happening like on your subconscious level. You're right. It totally does shape your decision making in the physical world when you go into your next session. That's true. But I don't think it it doesn't give me the starting point of like, okay, now start editing. Like, I, and I think there, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe it's something that is best maybe there is something lost for somebody who's just starting as a photographer, you know, in their first, second, or maybe third year and relying too heavily on something like aftershoot to do the heavy lifting could actually slow down and, and rob them of some growth and some enlightenment. But I don't know that it matters because it's like, okay. Oh, there's so much we should talk about. All right. So, (laughs) Oh man, my brain is now filling with stuff. So the, first of all, you were going to say, I thought, is it going to change something in my process of being actually, when I'm making photos with my client, change something about how I approach that? And I actually think that, yes, it will. I'm probably going to be more inclined to shoot even more. Right. And this segues into a little bit uh, of discussion with the R3, yep. the new Canon mirrorless, which will do full silent, no rolling shutter uh, screen grabs, basically at video frames per second, 24 or maybe even 30 frames oh, per second. I thought second. it was 23. Was it 20, is it 24? I think it's 24. Um, and it will it do oh my God. full raw. Really so we that. are now going to have in our grasps as Canon shooters, a camera where you can, we're right starting to feel what I talked about years ago, yep. where you just hit record. You just hit record. And our biggest limitations now are going to be battery life and storage space yep. for something like that, because yep. that's a massive amount of data. But being able to then take that, that you know, I could see a full wedding shot like that easily being like 30,000 images, sure. which is just insane. Bo- like every photographer hearing that would be like, no, I'm never going to use that feature. That just creates so much more work for me. But it doesn't, if you have the advent of something like Aftershoot to, to actually now have so much more data to pull and surface so many more high quality images from those 30,000 images. So you can, if you took 30,000 as your starting point, you're going to have 3000 amazing photos in theory, uh, to start your, your real, you know, manual call from down to, you know, absolute, um, incredible, so, uh, seven or 800 photos that are finally mixed. So I do think it's going mm. to affect the way that I shoot and that it's going to make it a little bit more free flowing and carefree and less and, and more like capturing video in a sense. Um, but let me, let me finish that. Uh, the other thing you mentioned was, okay, does it take away from your creative growth because you're not getting that manual process of seeing your micro decisions, right. Calling an entire session and then bringing that into your next session and slowly adjusting for it. I always relate it to, okay. So photographers that work with like models, a lot of times their photos, I think end up being exceptionally creative. And the reason for that isn't just because it's a by default, really pretty person to photograph that looks good at every angle that does help. But I also think they get back a ton of creative uh energy or they don't have to spend i should say a lot of their creative energy explaining to that model like tricking them into uh being in a position or making them feel less awkward like one of the things one of the natural ceilings i think you're always going to hit a limit 
against being a wedding photographer is that you have to spend a lot of creative energy just making your subject feel comfortable sure. and sure. get them used to the sound of the camera. And with a with a model, another human that is in front of the camera, it's like, oh, well, you know, that entire part of the equation is removed. So you're starting on a simpler, cleaner plane uh, that now you can expend even more creative energy in that session on the, that those finer details, those other, those, that last 1%. You're already there. You're already starting working on that problem. That's true. Versus clients who you're spending like 80% of the time just getting them to, to be the baseline of barely what I like being a wedding photographer because it, it that, that human interaction and that like that, that taking a sort of, you know, a couple that may feel in their minds that they are an average looking couple and, sh- you know, and making them look amazing uh, and and cool and interesting and like talking with them is totally like why like part of the reason that I love being a photographer. So that's not to knock uh, our, our clients at no. all. Uh, but I 100% agree. When you have two photos side by side, each have humans yes. in them, and you say, oh, which is the more creative photo without any backstory or idea of who's mm. in it and what it took to get to that end result, a lot of times the you know professional who is being photographed, either the professional couple or the singular model who's probably very attractive to begin with, whatever, is going to be a little bit uh, I think it'll have higher marks in the creative sure. realm. It, it just is because they're already starting from that higher, uh, more complicated. Right. You can just jump right in with the model and just be like, jump right in. all right, put your hand like this. And it's like, Oh my God. Okay. This is let's, let's move into a new, a new tier here. Let's, let's get weird and creative and interesting. And, and yeah, and, yeah I also you think have quite often the model elevates the photographer sure. beyond their, their natural ability because they may be more experienced or have ideas that are actually even better in terms of positioning. And the photographer is able to perhaps recognize that when it unfolds in front of them. And that's really exciting. But creating that from scratch, from ground zero, is basically what you have to do as a wedding photographer. (laughs) Every single time you take a new couple. Yeah, it's interesting to, to, to like think about this. And I think that it's really important for photographers to remain humble um, because I think a lot of times a photographer really has a tendency to think I'm the one in charge here. I'm I'm taking these photos. I'm making this art. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to present it to this couple, and, and they're going to love it. And and you can you can certainly think about it like that. Um, but really, uh, photography is a, a two is, is a is a it's a form of communication between subject and photographer. It's not just a photographer grabbing stuff in front of them. It's a, it's a photographer having a conversation with their subject, whatever that looks like. That could be you photographing a, uh, you know, a couple, or it could be you photographing like, I don't know, a falcon from like 400, you know, meters away or whatever. I think, I think it's really important to realize. And, and this idea of like the model informing the photographer is a really, really cool concept to think about because when I've had the opportunity to shoot like a person who is a model, which has been fairly rare, but it's happened. I just, I, I agree. There's something there that it's, you're just already having this, this back and forth of like, you're asking them to give you something and they're giving you something too, but they're also asking something from you, like make good photos out of what I'm giving you too. They are doing something on their own as well. And I think keeping that in mind with your wedding 
clients is really important because you don't want to just get in this zone of like, all right, I'm in charge here. I'm, I'm going to be the one that's like doing all the work here. No, they're also helping you. I don't know. I just think it's really important to keep that in mind. So you said that's a perfect, uh, the, the word humility, I think is, is perfect in this conversation because I brought up the model as basically a representation of what aftershoot is doing. Sure. So if aftershoot, if you can learn to let go a little bit and know that, yeah, of course it's going to make some mistakes. The aftershoot's going to like not include maybe an incredible moment that you got that you otherwise, that you might end up missing because it doesn't include it and you never go back and double check, blah, blah, blah. But if the vast majority of the time, your, your end result, your final full gallery, you look at it and eject from your brain all the images that you took sure. like you know, from scratch and just see that end result and you're happy and you don't feel like anything is fundamentally missing and making your work look worse then i think aftershoot is doing a good job and i think sure. aftershoot is affording you now more space and energy and time to start worrying about other things so maybe the you now have more energy and time to spend on actually editing the photos to be more tonally consistent and colorize, you know, color grading is more accurate and all that kind of stuff. And you have to be willing to accept that, okay, maybe, maybe I can not double check what Aftershoot is doing. Maybe it actually is probably choosing enough good photos and, and, and I can let go. Sure. But that does take a, a certain sense of kind of humility and trust in a freaking app. Right. It's but, like, oh no, I uh, can do this better than, you know, the app. Um, but here's the thing there, it starts to gray so quickly, the more you start to use it, where it's like, yeah, even if you can do it better, is it worth the trade off of you now having more time sure. to edit your photos more consistently? Sure. Cause that is what I think a lot of photographers rush through. And at the end of the day, calling is, I think pretty much everybody would agree the most tedious, worst part yeah. of the job. It's like having it's to annoying. just like, I mean, get it's, it down. It's fine. I, what yeah. it, what for me, calling has always been something that. I can do while I'm hanging out with people, which is nice. Um, I I'm not turning off my brain or anything, but for some reason, calling I can just I can just be like hanging out with somebody and just be knocking through calling. But I can't really do that with editing. Um, I have to really work my brain a little bit more, and I can't really divide my attention when I'm like editing. Uh, okay, so I have a question for right. you then. Um, I've been this, okay. Obviously, you have an iPhone. You probably take a lot of iPhone live photos, yep. right? Is that how you, yep. And how great it's is awesome. that? To, it usually surfaces to the top the best moment, but you can always jump in and like make a new quote key photo. And what this reminds me of on the iPhone is stacking in yeah. Lightroom. You know how, I don't know if you've used stacking much, but you know, if you could tell Lightroom, uh, okay, I was shooting at this frames per second or God, if, if camera manufacturers would actually yeah partner with photo apps like Lightroom or, or Aftershoot to actually uh, do some sort of color flag or some signal marked in the metadata of when your finger was on the shutter and then some, somehow use it just using math, batch those photos whenever you were burst shooting on your camera. It would not be difficult. You're, you're because, mirrorless. No, it wouldn't it would. be difficult. It could represent the same experience of what we have on an iPhone using a live photo where it would virtually stack all the other images in that batch. But what you see on top, uh, once you've imported it into Lightroom would be the best photo or what it thinks is the best photo from that batch. That is definitely the experience that should be occurring. Absolutely. Here. And I think aftershoot is actually sort of already doing that. 
because they have duplicate detection and it takes, and you can actually adjust the threshold of what Mm. is considered a duplicate. Uh, They have like similar, somewhat similar, very similar. (laughs) So I don't know what that exactly means, but you can play around with those thresholds to see uh, what it marks as a duplicate. And if you have stuff that is very similar, uh, it will just keep them all under a duplicate color, which is by I think default, the yellow color, and then surface one of those to the top marked as green. And it's, I think they should call that feature like burst detection or something sure. like that yeah, so that, that it cool. makes a, a little more sense because just detep- detecting duplicates seems sort of not special, but it is actually chipping away at that experience of like, oh man, this is almost like it's giving me the best images from a live photo. This is great. This is what I want in my, my right. camera. Uh, we, we could make no mistake. We could already be there today yeah. if Canon was like, hey, okay, Adobe or any software, we want to partner with you. We're going to you know, write something to the metadata of each raw file whenever the shutters burst. And you can now tease out and, and group bursts of photos much and easier. All it would- and then that would that's what right and all that would be needed mechanically like for mechanically or in software of the camera is as soon as you half press the shutter it starts it starts recording um it's or it's you know it starts grabbing frames just boom 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 boom, boom. yeah exactly so you get those pre-photos and then you you hit the shutter uh and all that's really doing is just marking uh the the moment and and when you import it uh you would see that photo stacked uh and and stacked under in it under it with like as some kind of um you know toggle right. oh dude you you just said a subtle detail that is completely critical and absolutely part of the process essentially anytime the autofocus motor is engaged yep. it should, it be, should writing be writing those images. images yeah yeah but you never want to see those most of the time right right yeah if it could just flag but, somehow in metadata when the shutter is being pressed is the actual photos but still stack all that autofocus photo stuff underneath it so you didn't have to look at them unless right. you wanted to but i mean imagine especially on like i don't know really important press shoots there is sometimes an eyelash of yes. of like a difference between something that's going to make it yeah. in the news cycle and something that is going to be tossed out um and completely unusable and if you had access to the next frame in a 24 frame you had an access to the 16th out of 17 out of 24 frames and you chose like the 15th one it wasn't right but the 16th one was like that would be a game changer that would be completely changing photography as we know it and it would be so sick but the funny thing is we're basically there already the biggest limitation still though battery uh, life battery life storage yeah yeah but, you know, I love seeing that Canon launched the R6 at 20 megapixels because yeah. it shows that they're willing yeah. to, to sacrifice some size, play yeah. the, the space race all the way to, you know, the largest size they can possibly squeeze Do we know out what the R3 sensor. size uh, is? I don't think so. I don't so. remember. I'm not sure. I don't if think so. But it, it uh, by the way, it's but up to 30 frames. Thir- yeah. Up to 30 insane. frames of, of, of pictures, not video. But sadly, I don't see Canon anytime really ever uh partnering with adobe to really create the experience you you and i just kind of laid out so an app like aftershoot though does get you in that ballpark you're now playing in that that game game. regardless of what brand you're using camera it doesn't matter what partnerships exist in the technology between the camera and the software because it's just looking at the the files and 
it's exciting. It's so exciting. And it actually works. So one of the first tests I did was run a session through Aftershoot. And then I actually sorted by the rejects. So the blurred and closed mm -hmm. eyes photos first, because I think there's, it's a lot more definitive if a photo is like definitely not going to be included. I think to most people, it's really obvious when somebody's got a derp face or whatever, like you're definitely not going to include it versus the other side of that, the ones you might include, there's a, there's more of a spectrum of what is a good photo, like good enough for a client versus great. Like there's just more gray area in what you might include. So I sorted by bad in the vast majority of what it was detecting in the quote reject file uh, folder were bad. It just, there was like maybe two that I was like, oh yeah, I'd probably include those. Wow. And so, you know, it's not an exact balance. That doesn't mean it got everything right that I wanted, but yeah, that's I think pretty, that's a really good close. backwards way of looking at it. If I don't have to look at those, <laughs> that's saving me time. Those micro decisions add up where I just, if it removes all of those blurry reject photos and I never have to think of them again, that's great. So, what do you think um, about anyway. the idea that, okay, well, I'm not shooting at volume. What if I'm just shooting like, I don't know, a thousand images per shoot or 500 images per shoot or something like that? Do you think that would still save you time yeah, or should you just... I see what you mean. You're a really disciplined shooter and you don't have this issue of volume anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to use it. It does also have a feature lower. that is kind of cool. It, it, it sorts by, uh, what's it called? Like featured or something. I don't remember the word highlight reel or something so it auto tries to identify different enough scenes with the best photo from that scene to basically individually flag that as a highlight photo so you now without having to manually go through and sort the best photo from each scene it does it picks just one for you and it gives you like a quick little highlight spiel which is nice the 9000 image wedding i did it it dumped like 120 photos that could be used in a blog post huh. uh that wasn't quite amazing it was cool to see like completely different sure. photos back to back that it chose out without me having done anything but it still had that feature still has some work okay. to, to go but that would be the case when that feature inevitably is improved on um that would be the, the case for somebody who only takes 500 images sure. in a session I to still you. get like a lot of help for just snapping together a blog post in no time. Um, yeah. So uh, there's lots of different reasons. Uh, I, I don't know if, you know, you literally only shoot film or something, which I don't think anybody really does anymore. Even people that say they do, I don't think yeah. they do. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Like if you only shoot an entire engagement session and you get 60 photos, like, okay, yeah, the calling isn't right. That's not a bad. This is about looking into the future and accepting like what you're up against. And in, in terms of keeping with the times, like you can't, if this kind of discussion and these ideas make you uncomfortable, uh, you need to have a discussion with yourself about why sure. and maybe come to grips with the fact that like, it's going to happen. Whether well, the you other question and, and this kind of stuff, yeah, the other question better. I Even have is, not like, after shoot, is, is gonna, uh, Lightroom or, you know, Adobe about, you know, going to, going to do something just like this at some point. Adobe's hopeless. <laughs> I don't think that it's anywhere close to, I think we're at least 10 or 15 years if not more away from the bandwidth being available for you to dump thousands of images to well I take that back never mind but i think their integration and they're trying to tie it in with the cloud is creating a, a lot yeah. of limitations but it actually would make sense that if you had everything uploaded 
<clears throat> and synced to the Adobe Cloud, they could do those computations using much faster and bigger sure. computers on their side. Aftershoot does everything okay. locally now uh, using your own computer. I mean, it, it's still the algorithms and the, the AI that it's using is iterated on and, and improved on and comes from the cloud, but the files and the, the core the raw processing itself happens on your local computer. But it does seem like if Adobe took it seriously, they, they could, yeah, I, I spent a day syncing 5,000 photos to the cloud. It took forever. But now Adobe, because they have massive supercomputers on their servers, uh, maybe they could create pretty accurate results. I don't know. I don't know. Just something but. to think about. Because I'm like, well, it would be super, seems like it would be nice to have it just se- seamlessly integrated with um with Lightroom, but then again, Lightroom has proven time and again that, uh, or Adobe has proven time and again with Lightroom that it's, they don't yeah. really know what's going on. <laughs> I, was, I was telling clients the other day, like at its core, Lightroom is sort of still exactly the same as it was yeah. a decade ago. <laughs> like it's no. really not the features that I use day in and day out. It's not that the biggest one that is newer than launch was the the clone tool or whatever, the right. like, stamp and repeat tool, where you could actually draw whatever shape you wanted instead of just a circle that used to be a that's right a Her, oh that's funny but i totally that, forgot like, about that yeah you just had to be circle used to just circle, be a circle 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 everywhere and then you'd have to like paste a bunch of yeah. different circles in a and shape. i was like so this is worse than when it started lot to think about but it's um you know i think a lot of photographers this year in particular are, are sort of overloaded with carryovers from last year plus new clients so a lot a lot more random doubles and triples than i think most yeah. photographers Dude, have had before. yeah and, i for um, some reason already have three weddings in the space of nine days in october uh, which is highly unusual for me yeah you're gonna have those weird pockets exactly it's, it's and pretty yeah and crazy. like just this morning <laughs> I, it was really weird i mean i don't know this is not really indicate indicative of much but it was just funny that like within 10 minutes i of each other i got two like event inquiries for the same day uh completely events are coming completely back separate events are yeah. coming back man uh, well it was one one event and an uh, engagement session they like 10 minutes in, i was like 17th yeah. I'm like okay well i guess i can do both sure the wedding i photographed this past weekend was the first 100 percent full capacity wedding in the state wow. of Delaware since everything got shut down and they were all doctors. Everybody wow. at that wedding was a doctor. The, the bride and groom were both doctors. He was a literal Whoa. neurosurgeon, <laughs> uh, you know, who probably knows nothing. Well, I'm sure he knows a lot more than even I do about, uh, but you know, he didn't study infectious diseases, but still the whole room was doctors and they were no mask. Everyone was, uh, everyone was vaccinated and it was fine. It was great. Everybody, felt great at least you know i'm assuming nobody sure. got sick but i think we're events are going to roar back how did you feel seeing uh i think it was about, about a month ago now that cdc uh chart of if you've been non-vaccinated here's the list of events you can do and here's where you should and shouldn't wear a mask and it turned to red wear a mask you're at risk really yep. quickly on that list versus vaccinated and it was just green yeah. smiley face across yeah. every single one it's like this i is i i loved seeing that because i'm i'm like a major proponent of getting the vaccine and i think that it's just silly uh to me to 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 not get it i just think it yeah seeing that that graph for me was hilarious because I'm just like, all right, here you go. Like I know, I know a number of yeah, people who I, are refusing I, to get vaccine vaccinated for like various reasons that make no sense at all. And, um, 
I am just like, well, I, I don't know. Just go to CDC's website and like, I just feel like if you don't do anything else... <laughs> You trust the yeah. CDC. Yeah. It's honestly, though, I can understand somebody wanting to hesitate. And honestly, if you are of like a super healthy age as well, like, you know, 25, 35, younger, and like not, don't have any, you know, outside weird health considerations. I mean, you don't have to run out and get it right away. Like, even if you got COVID, you'd probably be fine. But maybe uh, just saying like i'm never gonna get the vaccine and just leave it at that is silly that's the silliness but sure yeah, i could understand like maybe sure. just feel like you want to wait because it's you're not a high priority in terms of right sure high risk but person. at this point it's when fine. the vaccine is available to all yeah. most people have been people that need to be need to have been vaccinated first have been vaccinated there's no reason not to just go out and grab it and i, th- I think it's it's obvious that there's no totally long-term side effects all that to say yeah that was a pretty cool pretty funny thing to, to see yeah somebody was telling me asking me on uh instagram dms a couple weeks ago like well you know yeah the long-term side effects we don't know the long-term side effects of the vaccine and i'm like you know honestly i'd rather take a risk of the long-term side effects of the con of, as a consequence of having the vaccine versus the unknown long-term consequences of having COVID. my sister like, the you yeah. have to choose kind My of one of the got other. COVID like, last um, last April, and she has not tasted things the same since. And right. to so me, that's that's, that's, that's me horrifying. <laughs> it's like it, <sighs> that's like telling yeah. somebody, okay, well, you know, you could get this vaccine, um, but and uh, it might. I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen in like a year after you take it, but dude, but like exactly, but y- <sighs> if you don't take it and you get sick, you'll lose your hearing. Like, I would be like, nope, not messing with that. I need to hear stuff. I've heard oh, that's no, just... maybe a thing, too. But the taste is certainly more common. The uh, But the thing that freaks me out, especially about taste, I mean, how many days do you think it would take the average person to not have a sense, specifically taste, I guess, in this, but any sense, really, and then get it back and and actually accurately remember whether it is mm. as good or the same as it was before? I'm be- betting a lot of people wouldn't and so even people that say they have a return to their senses sure. uh, their sense of taste is what it previously was I, I wouldn't doubt at all if most of those people actually don't have the same taste that they had before or it's uh significantly worse or different and they just don't even realize it because they don't remember what their previous taste was like i mean think about audio mixing right with hearing how often i mean it takes Yep. 20 minutes to sit down, listen to something, you come back, yep. and you hear it totally different. And it's not like anything has changed. Uh, your perspective is just, you've forgotten. Or your ears have changed a little in, the, in terms of their fatigue and all that. But like, I can't imagine losing taste for you know, a couple months or, yeah. like I said, even a couple days, getting it back and then being like, oh, yeah, no, it's the same as it was before. Yeah. Like, no, you're probably wrong. So <laughs> it freaks me this out. Is a- that, that's... This is a good way. This is a good segue into something that is almost entirely unrelated. I got my computer repaired. It had I, I had bought one of those MacBooks with the um, with the bad keyboard, uh, and keyboard. keys kept falling yeah. off this thing over the last year. I've had like three or four keys just fall off of it. It's been really, really, really annoying. <laughs> and um, so finally, have you had to finish an email like two days later? Sorry, I was yeah, replying. So but my key fell I off. um. So what ended up happening is 
I sent it off. What was cool is that it, um, I, I had I had to wait. Like, I was like, okay, I might not have my computer for like five days. So I had to wait until I had enough of a lull in deliveries that I could be like, okay, I don't need my computer for a few days. Be without it. Um, it ended up actually coming back in three days. Like, it, I, it was like it sent one day, got fixed the next day, and returned the day after. Very cool. But uh, I started notice some, noticing something when I got my computer back. Um which I texted you about, but you didn't quite seem to understand what I was talking about. Basically, uh, my monitor's messed up uh, on my... Yeah. Oh, I couldn't tell. Something you said is, something with the gamma. Yeah, something's weird so the with the gamma or, or the black point or something like that. I couldn't weird? quite figure out what was going on. And because I was going through the 6700 image thing, and I kept seeing photos. I was like, oh my God, the, f- the, the photos look horrible. Like, I was like, it, it had this strange, like... It was almost as if the um, the highlights were like cut off, and it was just this sort of like grayness what? to like all of the whites. It was really throwing me off, and on the colors didn't seem right. And so i I started thinking, like, oh my god, did I shoot this whole thing in JPEG? Like, I, I freaked out, and oh. I looked. I grabbed my camera okay. and I looked at it and it said raw. I was like, okay, I I I hope. I hope so. So I, I went through, looked at, sure enough, everything's in raw. Thank God. But then I, I like put my screen like all the way back to the furthest back that it would go and the colors were fine. And I, I pushed it back forward and the colors got what? weird again. Did they, did they install no, your screen upside down? but they down? installed, <laughs> I think they did not connect the display logic correctly. So I am yeah. dealing with, and I'm okay. trying to find a way to to send this mm. to you. Okay, yeah, that should be good. So it's like flipped, though. It's, it's not just like flipped. It's it's really made. strange. Um, I'm sending a photo to you now, and you can tell me what you think. It's just a little bit strange. Sure. Let me see. This is normal. Okay. All right. I'm waiting for the text. Uh, while we wait for that to come through. Um, I'm, I meant to start with this, but I'm currently in a Reddit DM with a guy who's willing to sell me really good deal. Actually. Oh my gosh. He's willing to sell me something that normally wait, wait, costs sorry. 150 what, bucks. What is this? He's willing to sell it to me for $43. So that's a really good deal. So he is willing to sell me, uh, <laughs> signal flow, the developed preset back by Sam Bird for $43. Instead of oh my God. How shitty is that? This guy is selling presets instead of trading he's he's presenting them as like hey maybe i trade but he has a, a lot of presets so he's saying no i'm not actually trading anymore yep. i can just sell them to so he's pocketing that money purely for himself that's so funny i kind of want to complete the transactions just to see what he sends me all right that is horrible so yeah okay like, the so you through. can see that your face looks horrible worse than it normally does <laughs> it's um, pretty bad yeah yikes and, and then the second one it looks pretty the good. second one is with the screen all the way back so i'm like i guess i can edit but this is purely this. differentiated by the angle of which you're viewing the screen you at look at look at screen. look at me right now this yeah. looks horrible yeah. right. this looks fine wow yeah that's a pretty but it's unusable when it's tilted back that much there's got to be like glare uh, it's and, not it's not totally unusable i mean i i'm I like but it's like it's not gonna work uh, I'm going to have to send this back. 
Um, and I got to deliver this thing by Monday. So I think, I think next week while I'm moving will probably be a good time to send it back. But I just, I was just like, whoa, I, I, I was, it freaked me out at first. Cause I was like, I cannot have shots the whole thing on JPEG. And that's only ever happened to me like one time on a shoot, which is like kind of amazing. Actually, when you think about it, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's easy to change the raw and JPEG settings um, on cameras. Too easy to change them. There should be a I totally locked agree. raw. I do not understand. It needs to be as locked down as th- a menu option to uh, take a photo or not if you have a uh, SD card in there. Like you can turn off the feature yeah, right. for. Uh, it to do anything at all with with or without a memory card like that should be how it's so dumb i agree yeah actually it's, nikon is even worse about this remember they had a dedicated quality button that, yeah they had a qual button <laughs> and i'm like dude no like i don't want that get that out of so here dumb. like dude no i can't it's like you know how like format it's like do you really want to format it, it you yeah. could at least say like make it like a whoa Warning. you're about to change yeah. to jpeg like are you sure like that's all that they would have to do, and they could do that in software. Some dude could put that together in an in afternoon, like ten yeah, seconds. I don't understand. I totally agree. The qual button thing always tickled me because, like, okay, it's there, fine, whatever. So stupid. At least give me the ability to customize it to do something else. Like, I don't need yeah. it. Like, Jesus, how hard is that? How many people are like, you know what? I'm halfway through this shoot, but I think I could use small JPEGs instead of large JPEGs. maybe they maybe it's like a oh an emergency situation if you're running out of space or something but you know what the problem for that that i think is far superior is put in a little uh internal memory buffer you know throw us internal a gig. memory buffer. throw us a gig always always in there like come on honestly and this is something that zeiss has done put in give give us different different um um do, do what apple does give us like a 512 gig uh canon r3 like comes with uh, 500 yeah. gigs of storage mm. boom i would dude that would be incredible you can throw an sd card in there it'll write to that too but having internal storage would be also just a complete game changer i mean i realize it would add some you'd probably get some people being like no i i don't want to use this and maybe sd card companies are pushing back against it but to me it makes a lot of sense that's just me <sighs> This guy got back to me. So this is real time, real time. Ooh, real uh, time. He said he, he'll send me a link to Mega, which I'm unfamiliar with. I suppose it's a file. Oh, that's file transfer. Is it, it's file transfer? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not like a torrent. Is it mega.nz or something? Yeah, mega.io. I see it. Mega.io, yeah. yeah. said it includes the workshop videos too. Wow. He's definitely, Whoa. he or she, I'm assuming it's a he, is definitely uh, British though. They use the word mate. Oh. Mate. Does that work for you, oh. mate? It's like, yeah, that's Oh, it could British. be, uh, oh, and I'm getting a scam likely right now. <laughs> well, probably a good time Maybe to wrap the this conversation guy. up. We touched on a lot of things, but hopefully... We did. Hopefully we kept everyone's attention. Uh, anything fun coming up for you? Uh, moving. Uh, oh, and yeah. I'm going to... I'm actually a, an attendee at a wedding tomorrow. My cousin's getting married in uh, in Maryland. Nice. And did they get a f- good photographer? Yeah, they got somebody... Not my style, obviously, but they got somebody you know good in the area i can't remember awesome. who it is actually something Glad to hear that. um really excited to like cut loose at a wedding it's going to be outdoors 50 people nothing crazy but 
it's gonna be some fam that i haven't seen in a while which is great dude the wedding i'm uh, telling you the, the the wedding i did in delaware it was all indoors we did photos outside really? but it was a straight up indoor ball oh we didn't even talk about the wedding we shot together oh yeah that was fun um we we that? shot i literally uh, remember Ritz Tyson's ah that was all indoors right that was Other all indoors photos. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that people was fun are, people are feeling confident it's a good sign but. yeah and then after that I'm gonna be moving to back to Baltimore which I'm really excited about in halfway through June yeah June 14th is when we're moving in oh okay so that'll be after my I have a triple next weekend I have this weekend off though that's cool crazy yeah what about you you got got uh anything going on i'm just editing i'm playing around the after shoot trying to catch up on editing and and see how that goes and uh working on an update to signal flow so i've gotten a lot of like various feedback and just evolved my preferences and mostly as i think a consequence of the color grading module uh that lightroom Mm -hmm. shipped with i've been making some tweaks and i think i have a new baseline sort of start for what i like signal flow to do still utilizing the same custom lut and everything but just some slightly reconfigured things so uh, i might try and figure out a way to launch that i'm trying to figure out how to do it so that it makes sense to people that already purchased signal flow right want somebody to be like oh is this this why is everything different (laughs) not everything would be it would just be almost like i did with my last preset pack i launched something called t earl gray hot like a year later to uh just kind of complement everything else i think i'm going to do that again uh but i need to talk with the develop guys and uh yeah, hey, maybe they'll also fight back some of these spammers because it would be annoying to keep track of the first version of signal flow and the workshop and the second version of signal flow and then try yep. and you know spam, spam that with a torrent it's like if you just get enough versions of something uh nobody hopefully would bother trying to rip that off but anyway it's pretty funny all right man uh well cool well uh well, bye